This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? My tummy hurt. Well, that's good. Wow. Oh, sorry. So mean. <laughs> Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. Our number two Me and Drake, it's for all the dog. My, his belly hurt, my belly hurt, you know? I might have had some some airplane food. I don't think it's, <laughs> it was my friend. He's starving, we starving. Did you, you eat the saying? airplane food? You never eat the airplane well, food. I, I just didn't know, you know? It's, yeah. Okay, it's life, sure. life on the line. You, you mean to tell me I shouldn't have had the, the I shouldn't have had that? Depends what you go with, too. You got all the right, beef all right. or the chicken? It, it, it was sushi. It was sushi oh, on the flight. Lord. I shouldn't I should oh, have ate the sushi on the flight. You lied. It was fresh. They I said know, it was fresh water sushi. Arthur Motes, I know you lied. <laughs> I know you're lying right now. Okay. You no one has ever confused you and I for Rhodes scholars, all right? But we're also smart enough to not eat airplane sushi up in here, okay? I thought it was high end. It was on spirit. I thought it was high end. It was oh, gourmet. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was gourmet. They got man. it right from the fish market down in the strip district. I was it's funny you went there because I was gonna ask you, like, life on the line, what would you eat to survive? Airplane meal or gas station sushi? And you just kind of combined both into airplane sushi. Yeah, there you oh. go. There you go. But for the record, it would be airplane food because I don't eat sushi. It just I love seafood though. That's right. We have had Yeah, this I'm big seafood guys don't eat sushi. Yeah. Oh, Arthur Motes, you know what they say. What they say, man? Nobody can be perfect. And that's what they say. And a lot of people surely do say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to get into more of your reaction in this hour. It might even open up the uh, phone lines. Say what? At some point here. Say what? Phone lines? Phone lines. Raggy? But, Motsi, I would be remiss. We've hinted about it. We've laughed about it a couple times in in very brief pockets here on the show. We do need to address, because we got a couple tweets about it, too, the Matt Canada shot in the booth that everyone is analyzing like he's a presidential candidate on the debate stage four weeks before the election. For those of you sleeping under a rock, or maybe you're just fortunate enough to not be on social media so you can not know about this stuff like Wolf was earlier today. He's like, I got no idea what you and Max are talking about. (laughs) Matt Canada, after Kenny Pickett threw the, was a 43-yard touchdown pass, Mm 41-yard touchdown pass, 40-something-yard touchdown pass to George Pickens uh, with a little over a minute left when the Steelers took the lead. The CBS cameras cut to the little, you know, the little GoPro camera mm-hmm. in the booth, and everyone in there is going nuts. And Matt Canada kind of looks like he's scanning the field a little bit, looks mm-hmm. focused, isn't celebrating the Steelers' go-ahead touchdown. That's five or six-second clip since shortly after the game yesterday, or even in the moment, honestly, probably when the game was still going on, has been shared a zillion times across social media with people saying, well, look at this. Clearly, Matt Canada didn't call that play. He's upset. Kenny Pickett did something he wasn't supposed to do with the offensive line, and it turned out to be a touchdown, and Matt Canada was upset about it. Or I even saw a few people. This one is even more tinfoil brain here, right? Tinfoil hat, galaxy brain. I'm not laughing at you. I promise, man. I swear, and if you doubt me, just just go on Twitter and search it. You'll find it. Some people that were saying that well, Matt Canada was actually upset that the Steelers scored because he wants to get fired because he wants to sit at home and do nothing and just collect a paycheck. Because, yes, we all know every coach in professional sports just wants to get fired. That's always great for their resume and their just emotional being and their family's happiness and all these different things and having to look for new jobs, X, Y, and Z. Mozi. I want to let you go to this because you will actually tell the people what was happening there. You know, a guy doing his job and not being a fan in the moment. Wes, I just want to hug you sometimes, bro. Do we, do we, do we really have to? 
I understand Matt Canada is not the most popular guy among Steeler Nation right now. And like I've like Moats and I have said at nauseum, fan is short for fanatic. You are allowed to feel however you want about Matt Canada, about Mike Tomlin, about Kenny Pickett, about TJ Watt, about the Baltimore Ravens, about those of you who call in and tell Moatsy and I that Lamar Jackson sucks. You're allowed to feel however you want. It's part of being a fan of sports. That's what makes it so great. That's in why a we lot love you, honestly. But are we are we really gonna do this with Matt Canada? Are we really gonna treat him like he's a presidential candidate at the podium four weeks before the election? And oh, you see that his his tie isn't as tight as it should. Oh, his shoe was untied. Oh, this body language—he rolled his eyes when this person did that. Do we do we are we really gonna take a six-second clip and go run with it and say, well, Matt Canada was pissed off that Kenny Pickett threw a forty-yard touchdown pass to take the lead in the final seconds of the game? Doesn't it make sense though? Come on, it makes it makes perfect sense if you just keep saying it over and over and over. Eventually, it's got to make sense that Matt Canada was pissed that they threw a touchdown pass. Of course, that had to be I, I it, was you know is, that this is. I like to think Arthur Motes, the Steeler Nation is an educated fan base. Oh, I would agree. Shouldn't Steelers fans be smarter than Jets fans who have done nothing but watch terrible football for decades? Shouldn't Steelers fans know more about what it takes and the nuances of the game than Detroit Lions fans who haven't won a game, a playoff game since I was in diapers? Like, I don't want to hold you guys in high esteem. Is that, is that really what we're doing? And I, listen, I get it. I, I am the... I, I, Motsi, I would be a hypocrite. You're just laughing at me. He's Motsi's just doing. I'm the, on your team. He's on a, he's on a roll. Just I'm, those, I'm I keep looking team. at Motsi to cut me off and <laughs> no, take that. No. But he's just like he did. I got keep going. Keep that's going. Yeah, that's why I said what when you, you, when you started out, I said I'm not laughing at you. I'm on your side. I'm you, with you. Keep no, going. We have been we have been friends now. We've gone from coworkers to friends over six years here, Arthur Motsi. We've, we've, we've been to each other's crib. We've, we've been to each other's yes. houses. We've golfed together before. We know we spent a lot of time together. We we are friends. Anybody who you know this about me because you see it week in and week out and have now for six years. Anybody who's listened to this show for longer than they, that five second clip of Matt Canada, <laughs> you guys know that I do the same. I, my mood depends way too much on how the West Virginia Mountaineers perform on Saturdays. Big facts. That's why I've been in a great mood this year because we're four and one and things are going really well. I've been like someone peed in my Cheerios for the last couple years because we haven't had that much success over the last couple years. I would be remiss to to not sit to sit here and say how you guys go. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. I know it's that serious. All it's right? definitely that serious. I do the same thing. But a five second clip where we're going to run with it and we're going to a guy that has already been buried by everyone across this town and across this fan base for the for the last four or five weeks. Like really, I I just I thought I thought we were better than that, I really did, because Arthur Motes. All right, I might as well just finish this off. Right? I love it. I love it. Could Matt Canada not have been scanning the field to make sure there wasn't a flag? No, no, that that doesn't make sense. Could Matt no. Canada not have been communicating with the sideline, listening in his headset because they're about to go for two and he's got to come up with another call here? No, that that is that's way too much context and nuance. Absolutely not. No, can't be that. Is there anything else you want to you want to recommend? Could, could you have just been locked in? Because, you know, I've, I've heard strong criticisms for coaches on the field that were Air Force Ones and beat their chest after positive plays. I've heard that that's an uh, absolute negative, that you're not supposed to do that. Next, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure it's it out. It's the danged if you do, danged if you don't thing, right? Because <laughs> for a fact, 
I know for a fact the coach has been called a cheerleader for beating on his chest. That was like the specific thing that was called out. He beats on his chest. Oh, I remember the quote. <laughs> he just beat on his chest. In fact, I remember who, who said that. Does too. he think yes. he's King Kong? <laughs> you know, so, so Matt Kennedy took the opposite approach and guess you're wrong with that one too. All right. I'm, no, like, it is, it's funny how, you know, the same people who crush Baker Mayfield all the time for showing emotion, right, would then turn around and say, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't take this seriously enough. Yeah, Trevor I'm Lawrence, just, he's uh, too stone faced all the time. He never shows any emotion. Uh, I'm just, just try to figure it out, babe. Just try to figure it out. Danged if you do. Danged if you don't. Life. Life. I. It's the same I'm, thing. I'm not laughing, Wes. I promise. No, it's the same. But it's, the, sa- you, it's the same thing I said last week when I talked about Mike Tomlin. I want the passion. That's what makes this so much fun. That's what makes Steeler Nation. That's why we have SNR. I want the passion. I just, man, I just also want us all to just breathe for a half second at times. Just breathe yeah. for a half second at times. That's all. Yeah. So, to give my brief feelings on it oh yeah sorry i've been ranting for 10 minutes i was proud of you man you held it down bro you held it down i'm glad we, we like i said man we got a dope little tag team here we like the dudley brothers you know the that. dudley brothers you know how we cool. roll with it get the tables but um since i'm actually not a mind reader i'm i'm actually not matt canada i can't 100 percent say what was taking place but i can give you my strong feelings about what was probably taking place when you are out there, coach, player, heck, even when you commentate, you are so process-focused, process-driven, that all the things that take place, you're almost pre-wired to how you're going to respond to it, right? So if you're one of those guys that constantly you're an emotional player, think TJ why He makes a play. You're going to see him get crazy hype, right? The kick, the snarl. Ripped his helmet off at and the end then, of the game yesterday. Right, right. But once it's over, he comes right back down, and he's locked into the next play, right? That's how he expressed himself. Highsmith, he does a quick little celebration, how he expressed himself, right? JPJ, he was a little bit more reserved when he makes plays, though, right? Pat P, been a little bit more reserved when Remember he makes Troy plays. Remember Troy Palomalo, right? A little more reserved, right? So everybody has a flow. We talk, Matt, uh, we talk Mike Tom, right? Beats his chest when something big happens. Bill Belichick, stoic. Stoic. Doesn't have any expression, Andy right? Andy Reid, stoic. Stoic, right? Could be the best play ever. Terrell Austin's kind of like that too. Right? Stoic. So. Business. When I tell you there is no right or wrong way, we all process the information differently. But in that particular moment, touchdown was scored. Yes. Exciting for fans. Great coordinator who do you think has to know personnel what are we thinking on this two-point play what coverage were they just in do i think they're going to repeat said coverage what have they been running on third downs what have they been running on short yardage situations because that's what two-point conversion is absolutely what are my tendencies do i want to go sprint out because we sprint out a lot am i anticipating them going three rushers eight drop because if that's the case, I need to think of a different type of call, more lateral stuff, because it's going to be heavily populated with zone. Am I anticipating pressure? Okay, well, now I might need to put gun in so that way Kenny can have some time to drop back and just see and get a little bit more time. Yep. Those are all the things he's processing, but I don't remember. What's the play clock? 
is it 60 seconds? I'll give you. It's 40, right? It's 40. Oh, 40. 40. 40, 40 max, right? 40 huh. max. Max, yes. right? Once the ref resets max, right? the ball, I believe. So, so, so I just gave you all them different things to process through, right? You got 40 seconds to do it. No, no, no. Well, actually, not, less. Not, not, I was about to say, you, you got to get the call you in. You on got time to do it. No, you got 40 seconds to get the call in, get the call communicated to Kenny. Kenny has to communicate it to the players. Players have to get out there on the then line. Then they got to have then time they at the line of scrimmage. Randy, Randy, Randy. Okay, and then they got to actually stop the ball, right? That's all in that same amount of time. So. Is it just, 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 is it a possibility? <laughs> it's just a possibility, Wes. And, again, I, and, and, and that part of the game, I too. I thought we were smarter than this. Wes, Wes, the most critical junction of the game, right? This is our first time taking the lead, right? You don't think that just maybe he was just in the moment? Maybe he was just trying to make sure he's doing a good job? We talk about him always being under fire, right? We talk about if he's the worst coordinator ever. Wouldn't the worst coordinator be unprepared for the two-point conversion? In fact, the two-point conversion was a good call. Kenny was just late on the read. Front side, Allen Robinson was wide open. Wide, wide open. open. He was just oh. late. Just late with the read. Wide open. So, Canada did do his job. Canada did call a good call. Execution wasn't there. But to me, I'm just like, we've talked about it before. I'm going to sound like a broken record. If we want to push narrative, <clears throat> narrative of how you think in one day. If you want to just deal with the facts and, you know, the real stuff, it'll tell you something totally different, man. And for me, that has zero to do with Matt Canada's personal feelings about the play result. That was just a man locked in on the next thing. Mm-hmm. Because when we talk about what's important now, when? W-I-N. What's important now? That touchdown, great. But does it matter if I throw a pick or if I have a bad call on this two-point conversion and they run it back? No. Does it matter if I can't call a good call that's going to help us continue to build on this momentum? No. And those are the things that if we're just trying to push a narrative and do the witch hunt, you will lose sight of all of that stuff. And at times it will actually have you looking crazy. But y'all won't be alone because the masses are the masses for a reason. We're more outliers. And that's fine. But just to save you some heartbreak and some feelings, you know, being up and down, that's what you got to understand. So, yeah, if your mindset was Canada is this, Canada is that, and, yeah, whatever they showed in that screen was going to be wrong for Canada, if he would have clapped, you would have said, man, I don't know why you clapping. Right? That's what they've been pushing with the Boz narrative. When it's been proven, and Boz himself has even talked about it, that, yo, I have nothing to do with what y'all talking about. So y'all can keep trying to push this narrative that, man, Canada walked in there, and everybody was saying, good job with the win, and Boz said, well, for you. And everybody's still trying to push this same narrative that has already been factually debunked. So... As I said, and I will continue to sound like a broken record because I just said it not even two minutes ago, Wes. If you're trying to push a narrative, it's going to have you looking kind of crazy. So if your narrative was going to be, if he was clapping up there, I don't know why you clapping. You ain't called it. That's on Kenny. That's what. So Steeler Rocker okay. is it's perfect. Just right. said, Steeler Rocker said if Matt Canada would have jumped okay. up and celebrated, the same people would say, yeah, he's just happy that Kenny okay. made that call and saved his job. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, no, you're right. I'm just like, what do y'all want, man? But that's also why we said, and I said this at the beginning of the show, as players and as coaches, we do not care about what fans and media have to say or their opinion about how we do our job because it's not for them to. Y'all not supposed to have a say in that because y'all are not putting in the work that we put in. Y'all get a voice because of social media, which is great. I do love the voices. But at the end of the day, dudes that are working, they working for a reason. They didn't get there overnight. They're not going to get up out of there overnight either. But for the people that have never sacrificed and put in what it takes to get there, you're 
lack of understanding sometimes shows really, you know, really, 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 really clear. And in that moment, or no different when Kenny said, Randy at the line, and they didn't ran with this whole interview. That's a, a, an elite check at the line. Oh, okay. Wait till they say Larry. <laughs> Watch what the line does. Whoa. Uh, now we certainly getting, now, wasn't just calling now out protection we're there. we're getting innovative, okay? Now we're getting real innovative. Well, Larry, I thought we'd go with Lonnie instead. You know, I, I'm, I'm just saying, all right? So, Luke. <laughs> so, <laughs> when they hit you with Rocky. Lars. Oh, oh, Lars. All right, okay. All these different things. All right? You catch me? Reno, Reno, Reno. Louisiana, Louisiana. <laughs> L.A., L.A. Louisville. Russia. <laughs> okay? Just, just, all right. It's not for everybody to understand, and I get it. And that's why I'm not laughing at y'all. I'm with y'all, all right? I'm just laughing with y'all. But, yeah, baby. And some, some of these <laughs> things, too. He said Randy. He said Randy had to be checked. He had to check that call. That was Randy. Yeah, that Randy call is dope. Woo. Some of these things, too, there's got the, – the coaching staff, organizations as a whole – have to believe in a process. If you're changing what your process is, if you're changing what your belief system is, you don't every, have a system. You don't have a system. You don't you're have a belief. From the hip, you're never going to be successful. So here, like, this is a good tweet from Cody. Okay, Sound and it's Cody. kind of been going against everything that we've said. But mm-hmm. you and I always welcome these kind of conversations in here. Like Cody tweets us and says, you know, basically a lot of the things that the the fans and the spectators have been calling for are mm-hmm. kind of proving themselves to be true. Been talking about Gunner returning kicks and how that shouldn't be happening. Been talking about starting Broderick Jones. Look how good he looked. Been talking about playing more Joey Porter Jr. He had the interception, right? One, first oh, I was of all. I because there's a lot of context with all, all three of, of them, man. I think we've discussed most of those things. I was going to just talk specifically in just this game. Right, not even from a global standpoint, just this no, game because I feel like I'll he, let you take this one first because yeah. I've been kind of leading the way here. Yeah, well, mainly because he's using this game as his end all be all, right, or the barometer to justify the Gunner part, the Project part, the JPJ part. So let's talk about it. Gunner fumbled the ball, right? He shouldn't have fumbled the ball. There's no excuse of that. You know, how I feel about Franco Harris. God rest his soul. Ninety fumbles. Ball security matters. Connor hit him. Yes, ball security still matters. No excuse. Period. But correct me if I'm wrong. Punt after a safety. We had pretty good field position, huh? Punt after a safety. We didn't fair catch that. We actually had to run that back, right? Punt after a safety. Who was the return man again? Gunner. Oh, okay. Um, He muffed and punched then, huh? He had to muff some punts. No? Okay. But in terms of would we want Calvin out there? Sure. Calvin, we think, is more explosive. Calvin is showing that he is secure with the ball yeah. thus far. Yeah. Can I also remind you this, though? Gunnar Shesky was all pro also. So you mean to tell me he had a whole season of being dominant, being the top two at his position of doing this specific thing, right? Calvin hasn't done that. We don't actually have another guy on the roster outside of Deontay Johnson that can say that. But if we go flavor of the week or what is hot right now, that will have you thinking that, which is fine. I'm still surprised at how Gunner has played since he's been here with some of the ball security issues. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us are. Without a doubt. No different than, can't we say the same thing about Isaac Sayumalu, though? Are we not surprised that sometimes with the movement that he's been giving up? And we had even higher expectations for him. But yet, but yet we don't crucify him and say, man, why is he on this roster? You brought up Patrick Peterson. I tried to leave my dog out of it, but yeah, he's another one. But yet the narrative is Gunner. Which is fine. Broderick. 
I, I, well, I, I was just real quick. Yeah. I was just gonna also say too. Mm-hmm. A big part of that with the people calling for Calvin Austin. The last thing you need right now is Calvin Austin to get hurt when Deontay Johnson's already out. You can't. You can't. You can't let him be listen, a target like that. Listen on Madden. You just play your players the whole time, and it don't matter. They never get tight. They never get hurt. They never get hit. All right. So I'm with you, Broderick. Broderick, I thought played really well. Did he have some moments where if I'm over here watching, I'm like, yeah, all right, you got to be better here. But I thought he did play well. I'm fine with that. But have we not seen Dan Moore play well for one game before? One game. One single game. Oh, what was one of the first showisms <laughs> that we had here about crowning, <laughs> crowning guys? I ain't even talked the matchup. <laughs> you right, Jadavion Claudia is, is all about the deuce. You right. You telling me? You telling hold me? On. You telling me it wasn't? Hold on, it wasn't. Hold on, it wasn't bad. Suggs out there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because ninety five like Chris Wormley at one point. I was like, okay, but that's fine. That's fine because I'm not about to do that to Broderick because Broderick did play well. 100% he did play well. No, he did. But if we talk in context versus narratives, that's specifically what we're talking about. It was. It's It's not a nasty Ravens front. Like, like it's not your. It's not your grandpa's Baltimore Ravens front. It, it's what not. Has it's, he in fa- fact, maybe the maybe the the weakness of their team right what now. What on that defensive line was like anything that Dan Moore has faced these first four games? If you could point to that one and show me where they're the same, cool. But if you can't, that's what I'm referring to. And then JPJ. I'm loving what I'm saying from JPJ, and he will continue to get more opportunities, and they did do that in-game. This has been a part of his rollout. If you throw a guy out there before he's prepared, you can't undo the damage. It is that simple. So as much as we want him out there more, they understand why and what they are doing and the timing of it. Small stuff first. If you're faithful with a little, I'll give you a lot. I'm not about to throw all this on you, though, and you're not ready for that, and I overwhelm you. Why would I do that? Now you'll be over here, the same way you talk about get JPJ out there more, you'll be talking about him like he Levi Watson, and Pat P. <laughs> it's like, no, we know exactly what we are doing, yeah. and they're doing it for a reason. It is a timeline. That's the context, though. And that's but what I was saying. You you have to have those things as an right. organization and believe in them. And shoot, it was people that was trying to crucify JPJ on his tackling because of the Texans game. But because he get to pick this game, now it's back to, all right, we love JPJ again. Just give it time. He's going to continue to get them opportunities. But don't turn your back on him if he has Correct. a bump in the road. Because Correct. That's the you same said thing all the too. time, right, progression isn't linear. Not linear. They can have two good games and then have a stinker. Okay. In fact... If you look at history, that's most likely what will happen because they're rookies. What's Levi Wallace right now? Levi Wallace, he'll have moments where he looks really good, moments where he looks really bad, right? All in the same game. And that's been throughout the season, throughout last season at times. It's the National Football League. It's tough for, it rookies. It's tough for rookies and young I mean, it's tough for everybody. It's tough but, for it's, that, that, but that's why I brought up Levi because I'm like, Levi yeah. isn't a rookie. He's yeah. not old. But it's like, yo, everybody is going to have, unless you're a T.J. Watt, Right, yeah. TJ. How many TJs are walking around? Although, I mean, though? you know what? He, you don't think he was frustrated in Houston like, come last on, week, bro? This is the National Football League, man. And maybe the hardest thing to remember at times is the other team has highly compensated coaches and players as well, too, that are no, allowed to make plays. No, and calls. West, and, West, that's called seeking comfort. Let me, let me just the standard is the standard that's seeking comfort. So, like I said, Cody, I love what you brought up, though, and all honestly, I do. Yeah, but that is the context towards it. So you, you've got to have look, a belief system, right? You and can look at it. games, and if you're trying to paint a picture for a narrative. Everybody can do this. I just did the exact opposite of what you were trying to do, but if I was on your team, I could do the exact same thing and justify that as well. 
But this is why I continue to say it's not one of those where we could just isolate and say, oh, yeah, told you that was going to be it. Oh, it had to be that because of that. Because, yeah, Gunner did put that ball on the ground. But, yeah, at the same time, Gunner caught every single punt he needed to catch, and he had a nice big-time return after that punt after a safety that helped us with field position, did it not? Huh. Oh. And, you know, okay. you throw Broderick Jones out there a couple weeks earlier, and he gets his lunch handed to him by one of these talented defensive linemen, and maybe he comes into that game t- yesterday, and instead hey, Wes, of being confident and ready Wes, to go, he's seeing ghosts. Wes, you've ever had any trauma? Like somebody punch you or you're in a car crash or anything? Any type of trauma in your life? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever forgot that trauma? Usually sticks with you. Okay. Football's the same way, baby. I do say it's a car crash every single play. You, you know why I'll never forget the Jets week? Because we was playing Baltimore, the same game where, uh, you know, Josh Kobe missed some field goals and we lost in overtime. I got beat on a jet sweep that it wasn't even my responsibility. It oh, was no. actually my safety's guy oh, running no. with him and he missed the tackle. But the jet sweep came up with me so fast I missed it. I didn't see it and they scored. And I remember coming to the meeting rooms and Coach Tomlin getting on me. like, And I'm just like, bro, this wasn't even my man. Like, this is crazy. But I'll never lose out on a jet sweep ever again. PTSD. It's PTSD is real. So when you talk about for a young player, man, if he gets beat on something and he gets filleted on something, he gets killed on something, you will never forget it. It does damage. Yeah. Just we get your nightmares at times. I'd be like, I'll be like, hey, man, that's a tough play, bro. All right. And that, it, it's it, real. And that's how you bring this full circle is yeah. they, believe you me, they've had a plan for Broderick Jones and for Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. this whole time. Absolutely, bro. You just, you have to believe in mm-hmm. your beliefs. I know that yeah. sounds redundant, but you can't. Just because you have a really bad result one week, just because yeah. everybody in the fan base or maybe even people who do what Moats and I do for a living are calling for certain things to happen, you won't last long in this business if you don't do and stick to your guns and, and what you believe in. Yeah, man. And then, you you know, the other side of that is you deserve credit when some of those things finally start to transpire, which uh, hopefully we saw the beginning of this past Sunday, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that win mm-hmm. against the Ravens. All right, we're way overdue for a break here. We More of your reaction for the final half hour of the show. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Moats has been nabbed for Steelers TV. I mean, I tell you what, that guy's just big time, isn't he? But joining us now is another big time voice in Steelers circles. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Chris Carter of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, the Locked on Steelers podcast, a regular with us here on SNRCC. What's up, buddy? Thanks for uh, calling Audible with me here. I appreciate your flexibility. Of course, bro. You know, as uh, Kenny said at the end of the game, Randy, Randy, and that means uh, most go on TV. Yes, it does. Randy Randy means boats. Exit stage left. We'll bring in Chris Carter here. So Wes has somebody to talk to for the last 20 minutes of the program. Uh, Chris, man, a lot. I just want to kind of let you run with this to start, I guess, because I think there's sure. so many. You and I were kind of laughing post game. Like there was just so much that happened in that 60 minutes of football. There's a lot of different ways I think you can look at it. You can look at it and say, man, Baltimore should have been up big at halftime and they really blew that opportunity to maybe put the Steelers away early. You can look at it and say, man, the Steelers defense continues to force turnovers and special teams and big plays at opportune moments. You can look at it and say, here goes the offense once again, struggling to start, but figuring out the run game. Kenny making the big plays. Again, I think a lot of different angles that you could kind of 
attack or view this game from. So what's your most prevailing thought? What's your biggest takeaway from just that uh, heavy win against Baltimore yesterday at home? I mean, one thing first I'll say, I come into most AFC North games, especially Steelers Ravens games, ready to be hit like I've drank like four shots of tequila. I feel like we drank a gallon of moonshine after that one. It was just ridiculous. Every single angle was was stupid. I couldn't believe all the things that kept happening from the block punt to just everything that kept happening. But here is my biggest takeaway from this game. This Steelers team, this was an ugly Steelers win, as was the Browns game and as kind of was the Raiders game. The Raiders game was a little bit cleaner, but still, either way, the Steelers have been finding ways to win. They're 3-2. and two. They're first place in the AFC North through five weeks. They're, uh, they're, 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 they're finding these ways to win despite not playing, I didn't even say good football. Like, we're, we're like, oftentimes, we talk about their best football. I don't even think they're playing good football yet. This is still not a good team with the way that they played yet. Now, they have the potential to be a good team. And I think that they have they, they have a, a, still a ways to grow this season. The difference is, is that when you're winning games while you're not playing like a good team, if you do eventually shape up, you're not playing catch-up anymore. And that's one thing that you and I were talking about yeah. you know, last year. They went from being a bad team early on to being a decent team at the end of the year. And those de- that, that decent team – finished extremely strong, but that strong finish was coupled by a horrible start, so you finished with a 9-8 and eight record. If this team can make those strides, if you see Kenny Pickett take more steps forward, the offensive line continue to look sharper like it did in his last game. That Ravens defense, by the way, that they were starting to run on in the second half there, they gave up the seventh, the seventh fewest uh, yards per attempt in the NFL going into that game. That's a, that's a, that's a top-ten run defense that they were up against, and they were finding traction in, in the second half against. And you know, that goes to what Mike Tomlin had been talking about and what Najee Harris was talking about. They need to get more physical. They need to not be soft. And so I think that there was essence of that in that win that we saw there uh, from them. So I really think that this was, you know, getting these types of wins are important. They still have work to do. You know, who this team will be, we'll find out, you know, as, as these next several weeks play out the rest of the season. But right now, this is a first-place team. This is a team that's that, that's finding ways to win even when they're not playing their best. And I think that there is something to that, that determination, that grit in your players that sometimes, you know, people call it the it factor. I think, it, you know, it's just, a, it's just that focus that even in the roughest of moments when you haven't given your best, like Kenny Pickett at the end of the game there, he had been, that was far from a good game from him, you know, leading up to that last drive where he let him down the field. But on those, on those passes to Allen Robinson and George Pickens, he was on fire, and that last pass was one of the best I've seen him throw since he's joined the Steelers for a touchdown. So um, I think that when you're able to find ways to win like that, that's a good sign that you have potential if you can put it together. Well said. I'm with you. And, you know, speaking of potential, I think one of the things Steelers fans most excited about that we saw yesterday was the performance of Joey Porter Jr., uh, more snaps than he's had to this point. Obviously, the huge interception one-on-one with OBJ and uh, a, a massive moment where the Steelers needed something to happen there. Um, what did you see from from young 24, and was that maybe his kind of you know coming out moment, his welcome to the league moment, and is it is it his time to shine now a little bit in that secondary? It absolutely was. And I think one thing that was also really cool to see outside of this, the technical parts of that play was when he made that interception, you know, you know, you see guys come and celebrate with their guy. But I, I think that one thing that was really cool to see, you could see on the replay angles uh, that CBS was showing, 
But T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, they immediately run up to him. You see T.J. Watt saying he's him. You see Alex Highsmith, everyone's hyping up, and everyone's like, yo, they know this kid can be really special. They know that, and they know that he's also been taking every non-start, every lack of snap with grace. He's been handling it well, and he's been, he's been taking his lumps and, and paying his dues as a rookie. And to do all of that, and then in the clutchest of clutch moments from the defense, get the big turnover that flips the game back into the Steelers' hands because, let's face it, if the Ravens score a touchdown on that drive, they would probably lose that game, you know. Mm-hmm. And if, if they get a field goal on that drive, they might lose that game. That interception flips the game around for the Steelers and gives them and gives them a chance to fight back. And when Kenny Pickett gets onto the field, it's like, oh, no, we got to score a touchdown. Like, it's not, it's not a question. There's no if ands, or buts. And so um, that's where I thought – that uh, Joey Porter Jr., that just that rallying point that he brought was huge. But also, on top of that, uh, just the way that he executed it, uh, you know, him, him proper, using proper press technique, making sure he maintained inside leverage, turning and looking for the ball at the right point, and making the catch. And he talked about after the game how, yeah, he heard how people said he couldn't intercept passes because he only had one at Penn State. Uh, and he was like, I wanted to prove that I, that I could do that. And on that play, he did in such a huge moment. Um, so Joey Porter Jr. deserves all the praise for it. I also think he needs to be starting moving forward. Um, and, you know, I heard what you and Moats were saying. Sometimes you got you to gotta let guys, you know, develop a little bit more. Sometimes you got to nurture them a little bit more, not throw them to the wolves. Uh, but I think Joey Porter Jr., he's shown now, you know, throw, throw him in there. Let him be the warrior that he's going to be. He's going to have – he's going to take some losses like all cornerbacks do. But he's gonna. I think he's gonna grow for them to handle them well, and he'll be a huge addition to this defense. Yeah, and you know, Chris, I know you were myself. Anybody that was out in Latrobe for training camp this summer saw Joey Porter out early every single day working on those ball skills. Yeah, yeah he read those combine scouting reports saying that uh, you know only one interception at Penn State, like you mentioned, and ball playing not his his strong suit. Well, it's something he clearly attacked and worked on all throughout the offseason. Good to see it pay off early for him here. Uh, CC, last one for you, buddy. Steelers hitting the sure. bi- Steelers hitting the bye week here, right? So, if you could pick one area of this team to sharply improve throughout the bio, right? Like one one unit or one specific area of the entire team, offense, defense, special teams, wherever you want to go, that they come back starting with that trip out to L.A. and they look, you know, they've clearly taken a step forward you would go with. I'd go with the offensive line as a whole. I know we can say Kenny Pickett and that's an easy one. And, and I mean, that absolutely needs to come. But man, this offensive line is about to go up against Aaron Donald in a couple weeks here. That's going to be a huge challenge. They faced him before. They've, they've done a good job. But that was when they had more veterans on the line that I think had been more used to playing around each other. They have to be prepared for that. And I think if they do that, if they get the run game going and they protect Kenny Pickett and they do those things, I think Kenny Pickett will find his feet. I think that he'll, he'll start to be more comfortable in the pocket. I think that he'll start to understand the rhythm of the offense. And if you, if you do that as an offensive line, Najee Harris gets going. You saw Jalen Warren start to get really busy in that game there. That I think I still think they have a potential to be one of the more dangerous one-two punches in the NFL if this offensive line gets going. I really think it all starts up front. If there's one group that you want to that you want to see take that serious step forward, it's that O line. I thought Broderick Jones. I'm still I'm, I'm still uh, getting ready to go over the all 22 tape to kind of confirm everything. I thought Broderick Jones on the plays that I was able to look at him uh, when I watched the game. 
you know, I thought he looked pretty solid. I thought that he was aggressive in the run game. I thought there was one or two plays in the past game he could have been sharper, but by and large, I thought he held up his own. I thought Isaac Stamala was doing really well. I think the offensive line, especially in that second half, you saw a collective push from them. And again, against one of the better run defenses in the NFL, that could be a good sign that they're starting to coalesce. And if they do coalesce, for the rest of this season, again, we're not talking about the, the whole second half of the season. They're only five games in. They're really – that's like, what, a, less than a third of the season right yeah, now. Yeah. If, if, if they can figure that out, you know, in you know, coming out of this bye week, and that's a statement for the rest of the season, that's a huge step up for this team. It'll help them possess the ball more. It'll help them run the ball more. It'll set up the passing game a little bit easier, and it will give the defense – better chances to rest during games, not have to keep getting, getting back out there and making plays. And that might be the huge the, the step that this team really needs to start fixing everything else. So if I was to fix one thing, it's got to be the offensive line, then becoming a much sharper unit. Love it. Always enjoy spending some time with our guy. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Chris Carter, read his work in the PG. Subscribe to the Locked On Steelers podcast. Listen to him with us here on SNR just about every single week. CC, thanks again for uh, for being patient with me and moving everything around. Uh, great stuff as always, and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Take care, Wes. Our guy, Chris Cotta, breaking it down so eloquently as always. Final break to get to. Close with your reaction on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Ah, so much to get to and only like three minutes to do it. I'm going to try and run through these tweets here. Hopefully I can get to all of you before the Colin Cowherd satellite gods cut me off. Dan tweets and says, we're not asking for 30 points a game. Occasionally, though, would be appreciated. Just one improvement on offense. And, brother, it's hard to see improvement. Thoughts? Dan, I agree. The offense has not been what we've wanted it, maybe even expected it to be to this point in the season. I'm still willing, though, to give them some time. I thought they got much better down the stretch last year. I think post-bye week, I have hope that they can do the same this year, but at a better level. Eventually, they're going to have to score some points to to win some games to get where they want to go, without a doubt. It has to be better. I'm just still willing to not mash the panic button that they can't get to a point where they are moving the ball and scoring points a little more consistently. Me tweets and says, hit me with three victory clips, please. Victory! 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 Game ball to me for giving them the spark by picking against the Steelers. Big Raw and tweets and says, thoughts on Broderick Jones and his first start. Do you think he stays in the starting lineup? Thought he held himself well. Thought it was a good starting point, and I think he stays in the starting lineup for now. Yes. Uh, Big Ron also wants to know what was your favorite Halloween costume growing up. The Riddler, baby. I've talked on this show before about how Jim Carrey's my favorite actor. When I was growing up, I loved The Riddler. I went for like three or four straight Halloweens. My mom got me a sick Riddler costume. I had the top hat and the cane and all that stuff. It was awesome. Jason tweets and says, uh, excited for the win, still concerned about the offensive line and blocking and pass protection. How long will it take for this new O-line to gel and look like it did in the second half of the season? Again, maybe similar to uh, what I was talking about from Dan's tweet earlier. It needs to happen sooner rather than later. Um, Really start, you know, we really start, I think, making judgments post-bye week. You're at 3-2 and right now. Your head's above water. Heck, you're first place in the division, more than just above water. But all aspects of the offense have to take a step forward post-bye week. Without a doubt. Uh, Teddy saying, happy about the win. Let's also not ignore that our offense still stinks. I'm hopeful that things get corrected. Um, 
but this win as well as the others uh, because of the defense. Hey, and Teddy, they again, they, they need to get better on offense. They know that. They're doing all that self-scouting stuff here during the bye week. It's great that you have the defense now. You need the offense to take a step forward. Again, I'm, I'm still giving them some time to do so before I render a final verdict. But you're going to have to score more than, what, they have 15 points on Sunday? I mean, yeah, you, you want to win the division. You want to win playoff games. You're going to have to score more than, than 15 points a game. But the defense also uh, deserves a lot of props to this point for sure. Bill says, did Motsi take the week off and go work with the linebackers? Game balls for all of them. JPJ, Pickens, Boz, Coach Danny Smith. Ugly win, but still a W. Take it and no apologies. Uh, I tell you what, maybe Motsi was working with those linebackers. We're going to have to talk about that more on the next show. Quan Alexander, Landon Roberts, they played well. Cole Holcomb. Matt says, victory! Victory! Says, I live about 45 minutes north of the place Tony Montana doesn't recognize, so it's chest out Monday. I love it. Baltimore, what's that? Sensei tweets and says, thoughts on the game, 17 unanswered points. TJ Watt is a beast. Also, got to recognize how special his partnership is with Alex Highsmith. I like bringing along JPJ slowly. I don't want another Artie Burns experience too much, too fast. Oh, last word of the day, Steeler Nation 920 says, let me hear it, victory! Victory! Game ball to JBJ and the defense for shutting Baltimore down in the second half. Pickens is a dog. Shout out to Jalen Warren. He's Wolverine, small, twitchy, and powerful. I love it. That'll do it for me today. I got to run before the satellite gods cut me off. Thanks to Chris Carter for joining me. Uh, thanks to the best co-host in the business, Arthur Nathan Motes III, and all of Yins for participating as well, too. No show tomorrow. Oh, wait a second. Mike, no Mike Tomlin press conference tomorrow. It's the bye week. I don't know what's going on tomorrow, but as always, you know where to find us. It's at high noon on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR.